Welcome to Transforming Education, Leadership Lessons. This podcast is hosted by Northwestern College. We're bringing you thought leaders who are influencing education and the world around them. Each episode provides new leadership lessons so you can learn how to embrace your own influence. Leadership has nothing to do with title or position. That leadership has to do with impact. And the role of a leader isn't to create followers, it's to enable more leaders. Take away leadership qualities that inspire. I think good leaders really get people brought together around a cause and can inspire them to be better than they were yesterday or to do something great. Care about others. We need teachers out there that are caring and compassionate and are interested in the student beyond the discipline that they're teaching. Show people they matter. We don't have a bullying problem. We don't even have a gun problem. We have a mattering problem. By knowing you matter. You matter to yourself first before you can matter to someone else. So further your impact. When you just authentically love your students, I just don't think you can help but grow. Understand your core values. You can tell pretty quickly any core leader, whether or not he or she is there for the mission at hand for the people that they serve or whether they're there for themselves. And align your mission. Everything we do on campus, whether it's someone in the maintenance department or someone teaching in the classroom or to coach, uh, it should tie back to our mission of impacting students for the cause of Christ. Discover how to use your influence to inspire others. That is why the relationship is so critical in everything we do, because when people know you care about them, they know yet they have your best interest, and then it sinks in. Let's welcome our host, Gary Richardson. Thank you, Leslie, and thanks to all of you for listening to Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. You have a lot of options for podcasting, and because of that, we bring in thought partners to inspire and influence your leadership. Today, we will be discussing leadership lessons with the head football coach of the Northwestern Red Raiders, Matt McCarty. Matt has been the head coach at Northwestern the past five seasons, and prior to that, the defensive coordinator for 10 years. Matt played for Northwestern from 2000 to 2003 and was named an NAIA All-American in 2003. Coach McCarty also served as a teacher and coach in the Okoboji school system. Coach has been recognized nationally in his role as an assistant coach, being named the Region 4 Assistant Coach of the Year, and was named a finalist for that award by the American Football Coaches Association. Most recently, the Red Raider football team under Matt's direction were the national runners-up in NAIA. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me on. So, Matt, it's been two weeks now since you were played in the NEI title game. I'm sure up to that point there were a lot of things that run through your mind. Now that it's kind of the pace is lessened, what do you, do you take away from that whole scene? Really being able to step back and remove yourself from it a little bit and reflect on really how special it was, and it was such an amazing experience for our team and for the young men on our team. And just to see the adversity that they, they battled through and overcame, right. you know, throughout that four week run of playoff games, what well, was pretty special and to see the, the culture we've tried to build and the things we've tried to work on over the last few years really show up in that playoff run as things that were positives for us and helped us and I'll get to the championship game. And you look back and you hope it would have ended better, but I think we're just really enjoying the run that we had. Right. You know, a lot of people have started programs, been part of programs. You continued one on. We always hit that point where you want to get over that last hurdle. And, and so we're kind of running in mud. 
And we sometimes don't get there, and some people never get there. In fact, probably 90% of the people never get there, but and that's part of being a results-oriented society, I think. But anyway, and you've kind of went through that a little bit with trying to get to the next level and to that next game and past Morningside, for lack of a better competitor at the time. But And then this year it happened. So that's pretty special. Does that resonate with you at all? It really does. And we talk a lot about not being focused on the results mm-hmm. and just the importance of everything we're doing every day and building up to being our best. And our guys really believed in that and bought into that. And, and I think it was a really big reason that we were successful this spring was our guys weren't focused on, you know, maybe beating a morning side or, you know, on winning the championship. They're just focused on playing their best. And they knew if we did that, we'd have a really good chance of, of accomplishing those things. Really, that Morningside game, we saw some of our players play their best games. So it was really fun to just see the the commitment to the work and commitment to really the process and what we were trying to do mm-hmm. pay off for those guys. And really in a good playoff run and, and beating Dickinson State and going on the road and beating a really good Grandview team and following it up the next week with a win against Morningside. It was a bunch of those things showing up in those two games and allowing us to really advance the championship game. Yeah, yeah. So before we get going too far, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and your family and background? Yeah, I've been married to my wife, Alicia, for almost 19 years. She was a, a college athlete at Northwestern as well. We have two children. Brooks is a seventh grader and Devrin is a fifth grader. And they both keep us really, really busy with the activities they're yeah. in. I grew up in Larchwood, Iowa and went to West Lyon High School. Really thankful for the experiences and coaches and teachers and mentors that I had really growing up at West Lyon. It was a great experience and really helped shape me and later found my way to Northwestern. And just a similar type of experience at Northwestern. Very thankful for a lot of coaches and teammates and professors who who really invested a lot in me as a student and helped me just continue to grow as a young man. And Loved my experiences. I played both football and baseball at Northwestern and loved my experiences on both of those teams. Yeah, good. So what led you into coaching? You know, the the coaches that I had growing up were, were so impactful in my life, uh, whether it was my time growing up at West Lyon or my experiences at Northwestern. The Seeing the impact that the, the coaches I had, you know, had in my lives and the lives of our teammates – really inspired me to to get into coaching and to potentially ha- be able to have a similar type of impact. And um, I, I love coaching. I love the opportunity to compete, but it, those relationships are really what makes coaching special. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We all make, we all make some mistakes as we, we go through and, and um, you know, I may have made one about uh, 15 years ago. I interviewed a young man for a uh, social studies job at uh, where I was a superintendent and um, hired somebody else. And, and that guy went on to teach at Okaboji, come back to Northwestern, be the defensive coordinator. Oh, and then the head coach and, and is sitting here today. So uh, um, I would apologize, except some of those things that you don't exactly get right end up making you better in the future. So thanks for being here and uh, being gracious for the guy that didn't hire you to to sit here and talk. Uh, It all works out in the end, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it, it certainly has for, for all of us. So, Matt, you oversee a, about 140 players, and I don't know how many coaches you have on the staff, but, you know, we all have to – there's tons of leadership philosophies and styles, but we kind of have to fit into our own. And, and I'm just wondering and curious what, what philosophies or, or style that you feel comfortable with. Like you said, there's a – a variety of leadership styles and leadership philosophies. And, and I really think it's important as a leader that you're really true to yourself. And, and I've grown and changed as a leader and, you know, and looking at my coaching career the last 16 years, uh, how I've evolved in that time. But I, I really believe in, I would characterize my, my leadership style as I do my best to, to love and serve the, the players mm. and the, the staff that I work with. I think it's really important to meet them where they are, um, whether that's athletically, academically, physically, spiritually, and, and just help them grow and be their best. And it, it can be a challenge with the the size of roster right. and, and staff that we have, but I think that's so important to help each person be their best. And so we try to do that within our program. Uh, our big philosophy is try to pursue excellence every day and and grow and be our best every day. And whether that's as, as an athlete or as one of our staff members, you know, I, I try to just love and serve those guys the best I can to, to help them do that. Which uh, those things are all about relationship building and uh, relationship building takes um, an investment, an investment in time. And, and so it, it, it appears that you do that remarkably well. And with a young family, uh, it's even harder um, to, to, to serve all those people. But, um, but, but it, it, I'm sure the coaches uh, appreciate that. And, and specifically with your coaching staff, how, how do you let them lead? I do my best to, to empower them to, to take ownership in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, the last thing I want to do is, is micromanage them. I, I try to let them do what they believe in. And, and we have a lot of dialogue back and forth on what we're trying to do. Um, and I really value their input. But when it comes to making decisions, I, I, I try to trust them and, and let them do what they believe in. And I want them to know that I support them and I'm behind them 100%. Sure. So this year was fairly atypical, a nine-game fall season, <laughs> followed then by a great four-game spring season so I'm interested in how you kept um, everybody connected and motivated in that period between the two seasons. So, uh, <clears throat> so aside from our, our, our normal winter workouts, uh, we have weekly team meetings. And, and those team meetings are, are based on leadership development, small group activities, and, and really trying to keep our team connected. Mm-hmm. One of the things we did in the offseason is, is we read a, a book together we read H3 Leadership by Brad Lomanek and uh, worked through that book together. Um, you know, that's a really growing experience for our guys uh, as they just learn from one another and, and share their experiences with one another and grow together. And then we also have weekly Zoom meetings with, we have a mental performance coach that, that meets, meets with our team. And uh, so we had weekly Zoom meetings with, with Ethan Miller uh, over the last 12 months. And all of those activities are designed, you know, really football is the last thing we're talking about okay. during those meetings. It's, it's all about helping our team grow, helping those guys grow, but also just helping our team become stronger together. So do you have any specific examples there of that 
mental performance aspect that you brought in. That's very interesting. Yeah, so, so we've it's something that I've I've really been fascinated about for for the last several years. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ethan Miller is my college roommate and was a teammate okay. of mine. And so we both have have been really intrigued by this. And it's something that he has started to do with other teams. And so he's worked with our team for the past couple years. And really, it's about handling adversity and really trying to help our athletes, you know, whether it's on the playing field or off the playing field, control their emotions, control their thoughts, and really be present so that they can be their best in that moment and, and giving them the tools to do that. And it, there are things that I wish I had known or had learned as a, as a student athlete because I felt like it could have helped my performance. Um, and so it's been fun to see our guys really buy into those techniques and tools that, that we've given them. And, and, and then it also helped see them, it pay off for them on the field. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, what are things that you learned during the pandemic about leading your team that, that you'll keep and do as you move forward into the 2021, 20, 22, well, just 21 season? Really, the past 12 months has been such a unique experience. And if anything, I think it taught us the importance of, of really controlling what you can control and, and focusing only on that, not wasting energy on the what ifs or what could happen, because there's so many things outside of our control. And I, I think our our young men on our team did a really good job of that over the last 12 months, because we were uncertain if we'd play in the fall. And then we got to play in the fall, but postseason was moved to the right. spring. And we'd never played football in the spring in terms of games before. And our guys were really good at just controlling what they can and, and really being present. And I mentioned that earlier, but that is so important of just being really present on the day and, and what you're doing at the time. And if we can invest in that, in those moments, we allow ourselves to, to grow and be better. And that's something we really focused on over the past 12 months. And it's something I think we'll continue to embrace moving forward. Yeah. As, as an aside, you'd be one of the few coaches in the country I'm going to just throw out there as I'm thinking about my thought is this is that when when we look at even division one football major football programs um, as they have spring practice and then obviously the fall game and and in a in a summer regimen how we may not understand that athletes need a break their bodies need a break and and so i'm wondering you'd be the one of the few that that could speak to how did this affect you and i'm not talking about the well-known injuries on but but just injuries and how it affects people with even the uh the concussion stuff as well as the 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 leg other major muscle group injuries that might have occurred because of this the last thing you want with with the season being so long right. is yeah the the wear and tear on on a body and and football's a, a very physical game and we try to do our best to to give our guys breaks physically and you know we could have practiced a, a, you know a lot more than we did this spring we we really took the focus of January and February we just, we were just in the weight room doing our normal off season workouts okay and then when we started practicing in March, we only practiced three days a week. And, you know, we could have done four or five practices a week for the month leading up to the playoffs. And we decided only to do three days a week 
because we felt like the rest piece was really important for our, our, our young men. We didn't want to wear them out. Mm-hmm. We wanted them to be fresh, but also be healthy. And, and now when the season's done, having played four games in the spring, the, the recovery piece is really important again. Football will start in a few short months. And sure. we're trying to focus on workouts and, and not do football activities with our guys for a couple months now. Just we, we really want them to be fresh and, and excited for football to start again in August. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That sometimes less is more. Obviously. So we're visiting with Northwestern College head football coach Matt McCarty in this episode of Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. Matt, what's one thing that you're working on right now that might surprise our listeners? It doesn't need to be football related, but. It's a really good question. Uh, One thing. So in mid-December, I started uh, an app on my phone of read the Bible in a year. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, that's something I, I've never tried to finish it in a year. Um, I'm 147 days in, and it's <laughs> been an, an amazing experience. It, it's been uh, awesome to see how the devotion for each day or the, the Bible verses that or passages that you read each day match up with what's going on. Uh, it's been so refreshing. Uh, it's been a really good growing experience for me the, the past 150 days. So it's been pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, not quite halfway through, um, but that's been really exciting. And I guess the other thing would be coaching youth baseball. I get to coach my son's baseball team yeah. and have done that for several years now. And I, I really cherish the opportunity to, to just, yeah, be with him and, and his classmates. And it, I, I love baseball. So it's a lot of fun to be able to do that in the summers. Yeah. Nice. What have you found to be inspirational to you and, and, and just directing this as you reflect on student athletes that have come through your program? Um, what most inspires you about them? And, that, about them? and then secondly, um, what traits do you think the most successful student athletes have that, that you would want all student athletes to know? So anyway, that's two questions. I apologize. Let's go back to the first one. And, and uh, what have you found that's inspired you from the players that you've been around? Really the relationships that, that you develop with the, the people that you coach. I look back at the past 16 years that I've coached at Northwestern and the, those relationships have been so strong and, and it starts in recruiting, but then you have the, you get to work with the kids for four years while they're here. And, but it's even staying in touch with them after they're done and, and seeing them raise their families and in the career opportunities that, you know, they're pursuing those relationships are really special. And I, I think that's what makes coaching so special is you get to develop so many of those relationships and that, that bond is so strong because of the time you invest with each other. And another piece is just seeing the the growth from recruiting, you know, student athletes as as high school students, and then seeing them just grow and mature and as in their time at Northwestern, that is so fun to see. And and just seeing the people they become is awesome. And that's my favorite part about coaching. Yeah. And then are there, there are specific traits that you've seen in, in these young people that, um, that you could look at and go, that made them successful? A, a couple common traits that I think carry over from, you know, maybe sport to sport or helping people be successful is, to me, the most successful athletes that I've worked with have, have typically been very humble. 
uh, but also very hungry. And I think they're humble enough to know what they need to do to get better and also humble enough to know that it's really not about them. Yeah. They're, they're great team players. Um, but then they're also have that drive and hunger to, to do the work that they need to. And they're never satisfied. They're, they're always willing to work and, and, and be great examples and great leaders. Um, you know, I think Shane Solberg is an excellent example of this. He's one of the best players ever to play at Northwestern, right. but uh, very humble servant leader, um, would always make it about his teammates, but also the one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. And I think those two characteristics, uh, you know, really allow people to grow and, and really pursue their best. So you talked a little bit about um, what you're what what you've been reading as on on the app. Um, what are you curious about? right now in, in, in athletics or, or education in general? Because I know you still do a little teaching, too, for the college. So, so a couple of things. I, the, the mental performance piece is, is something that I just continue to try to find as much as I can to learn about and, and try to grow. And I, right now I'm just starting the book, uh, Winning the War in Your Mind, by I think it's Craig Greshel. Um, and I just trying to find different opportunities or different avenues of, of teaching our team and helping our guys develop the tools they can to, to just be better in, in what they're doing. Uh, um, so that piece that the mental performance piece is something that really intrigues me. Um, and then honestly, athletically, um, it has probably more to do with baseball. I'm just really into learning hitting and, and pitching. Yeah. And, and so I find myself uh, always following hitting gurus on Twitter and trying to learn as much as I can about hitting and, and pitching, which I don't know if it, how much it carries over to coaching some youth baseball or my son, but uh, that stuff fascinates me. Well, I'm just <laughs> trying to figure out the fundamentals is, is part of it, but uh, I'm sure that um, – so – you mentioned the book, um, and I'm just wondering, is there, is there something I should have asked you that, that I didn't know enough to ask other than asking you to uh, take a job with me 20 years ago? Oh, I, I don't think so. I think this, this is great. I really appreciate you having me on, and, you know, it, it's, it's been such a fun experience as I looked back and as I reflect just the opportunity that I've had as a student athlete at Northwestern and the people that I've had in my life. Um, and then, yeah, the, the opportunities since then of teaching for one year and mm-hmm. then get, being able and fortunate enough to get back into coaching uh, at a really young age. And, and that's the mentors I've had while I've been coaching. Uh, just thankful for so many awesome people in my life. And, and you guys do an outstanding job with, with this podcast and just with the leadership on campus. And just thankful for that. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks to Matt McCarty, head football coach for the Red Raiders, for giving him his time and and sharing his experiences this year. And as a head football coach, as we reflect on leaders that inspire and influence education and our world today. So, uh, Leslie, what are the highlights that you picked up from Matt's conversation today? Yeah, that was a lot of fun to talk with Matt. And and just as he, I think, continues to reflect after a really successful year, um, and as most kind of successful coaches or teams or leaders, I think they have such an interesting and um, 
great philosophy to look at, right? His leadership philosophy and how he connects with his own coaches and empowering them to take charge and the trust that he instills in them as well as in his own players right. uh, is really something to t- take away. And I think that kept rising to the top, that that trust and building those relationships and those bonds with his players, with his coaches, uh, and, and also his strategy for not only how you play on the field, but his strategy for making his players healthy people, right? right? He talked a lot about what they, what they did to create this culture uh, and creating team building exercises, the mental performance aspect, uh, reading a book and really being vulnerable, I think, with, you know, each of their players with each other creates a different bond that can lead to success in life much further than sure. the national championship game too. Yeah, I, I think that the traits that he brought up from the, the kids that he coached to be humble and hungry, he models that because when you listen to Matt uh, through the years and in interviews that he'll do, it's, it's, it's really never about him. It's always about uh, the players and other people that have helped him along the way. So um, really appreciated that from him as well. Um, what else, Leslie? Um, the books that he's reading and any other points? Yeah, he mentioned that he's reading the Bible in a year and how that is yeah. really connected with his, his daily life and uh, seeing some of those puzzle pieces of come together of reading that scripture and maybe how God is leading him and, and his position. He's also reading Winning the War in Your Own Mind by mm-hmm. Craig Greshel. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to get that one. That sounds really that good. That sounds really good, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can talk myself out of things in a hurry. It seems like so maybe a little something there would would <laughs> we be all need good. A little work. So yeah. Well, thanks all of you for all to all of you for listening to Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. Uh, as a leader in education, you matter, and how you lead matters to a whole bunch of people that you serve on a daily basis. As you were created for significance, as always. Thanks to Leslie and to Cho for helping today. And for Leslie, Cho, I'm Gary. Until next time, inspire and influence.